Thank you both for reading through all of that. There's something to just listening and just putting yourself in the story that um, I think will be very helpful for us as we review kind of where we've been. Uh, so if you're new, let me just uh, recap. Uh, we decided as a church in kind of this renewal season that we're in to what better way to, to dive into what does God have for us in the next 20 years of fellowship to go back to the origins of the church. What was the core DNA that was happening in Acts was normative of that church that should be part of every church. And as we began to wrestle through that this morning, we're going to be pulling out three themes that we think, hey, this is things that we have to be part of, of our church going forward. This is things that we see in the book of Acts. And so we're going to be uh, diving into that today. And here's what's remarkable. As we uh, have been diving in and pulling out these themes, as we've been teaching through Acts, the, th- the themes that are present in Acts that we're going to be talking about today have been happening in our church and in our midst already. And so this is, this is going to be, um, be enlightening for us as we, as we kind of dive in. So there's three major themes. So if you're taking notes, I want you to take notes on these things. Here's the, here's the first theme. We're just going to dive right into it. Theme one, the church is designed to be a community of faith. Therefore, we must be devoted to one another. Let me say that again. The church is designed to be a community of faith. Therefore, we must be devoted to one another. So you can't read the book of Acts. You can't even listen to it without hearing that they were devoted to one another, that they're united in their faith, that they were doing things together. They're gathering together. They're eating together. They're praying together. They're sitting under the teaching. They're sharing everything. They're meeting each other's needs. There's this work that is happening where God is forming this church together in a unique way where they're devoted to one another. Now, early church history indicates that this was such a noticeable difference of how they were interacting and what was happening in the church versus the culture around them that people were taking notice. And that actually just depicts what Jesus said in John 13. They will know that you're my disciples by how you love one another. So as they were taking care of one another, as they were meeting each other's needs, as they were com- committed in community supporting one another, it started to show to the community that there is something that's happening in this thing called the church, these Jesus followers, there's something different and unique of how they treat each other, the things that they talk about. And so as we're starting to explore that, we're saying, how do we live that out here? Well, at the end of Lloyd's message, you'll remember in Acts 4, 32 through 35, it says that the church, that there's some that had possessions and assets and they sold those assets. And then there were some who had need and they distributed to those assets to those who had need. And, and he handed out those little wooden cubes and there's uh, A or an N on those. And they're kind of dispersed between all, us all, right? And, and there's, there's a few that had N's on them, which stood for needs. And then there was a lot that had uh, A's on them, which stood for assets. And so our, drill, our job, and, and it was here to try to get all the A's to all the N's. And the people who had the N's were like, oh, I have an N. And we're like kind of hesitant to admit that they had a need, right? But then we did this. We did this little experiment. We said, okay, what if we actually just lived this out? Those who have a need just share the need. And we had the sharing board. And then those who have assets to meet that need, you just take that need off the sharing board. You get in contact with them and then you meet that need. How many of you have ever read the book of Acts and you said, 
how come the things written in the book of Acts don't happen today? Like, how come we're not seeing that in the church? Like, I mean, have you ever thought that? Like, I've thought that many times. Well, let me just tell you, what was happening in the book of Acts happened in our church and is happening. Because what has started to happen is you guys would go to that board, you would pull down the needs, and you guys would start to see these needs be met. Now, as a staff member, we weren't really involved. Like you could contact that person with, with the need and you didn't have to like come through us to do that. You just kind of met the needs, right? And so that was happening. Needs were coming down and they were being met. But there was, there was some involvement that I had that were a little bit more behind the scenes. During that month, I participated in giving away more than $30,000 in a month's free. And this is how it happened. I would meet with somebody in that morning and they'd be, I'd just be like, hey, what's going on in your life? They would, they'd be talking. They'd be like, let me give you a specific example. They were like, well, uh, we were going to get a, a, a new car. We we're going to turn in this old car. But then on the way there, it broke down and it's kind of totaled now. And so now we're not going to get that money to get that car. And then I'm meet, meeting with a brother and he's just like, hey, what needs are going on? And I share that need. He's like, I want to meet that need. Okay, so we made that happen, right? Then somebody goes, hey, you know that person that's adopting? We want to actually um, finish out their adoption or we want to cover their, their post-adoption costs. Can we, can we do that? And I was like, yeah. Uh, how, how much do you want to do? Oh, we're going to give several thousand dollars. I, I'm sorry, it sounded like you said several thousand dollars. I'd like contact that person. They'd be like, oh yeah, that's the exact amount that we have left in our adoption. There were things like this happening almost on a daily rhythm in our church. And then we'd hear these stories of how you guys are meeting each other's needs. And I'm like, God is doing a supernatural work in our body that we just, some of the, we don't even know all the stories of what was happening on those boards. And I'm like, the pages of Acts started to come alive because the people of God started to care for one another and saying, I'm devoted and I have assets and there's people that have needs. How can we meet those needs? And there's something beautiful about what started to happen in our church and it was incredible to be a part of. And I believe that the core in it of what we see happening in Acts is that there in, in just human nature, there is, is such a tendency for us to go towards isolation and self-protection. And it's the opposite of what the church calls us into. The church calls us into a family of faith where we care for one another. And I think in our culture, we're supposed to be more connected than we've ever been, right? With Facebook and Instagram, like we know information about what's happening in people's lives. But I think there's a sad uh, reality of connection and actually being fully present with people. There is a lack of true community in our world that the church actually has a voice and can speak into of this is what it means to have substantial relationships where you're actually connected to something bigger than yourself, where you're actually cared for, where you're actually loved, where you actually are experiencing belonging, where you don't have to uh, make a certain amount of money or you don't have to live in a certain area. You, you can be different and share those differences and actually be welcome and valued because the gospel is for all and it starts to form us as a family. And that's what it looks like to, to be devoted to each other. So the first theme that we're going to be about going forward is that we're going to be devoted to each other, taking care of one another. At the end of the month, it's a real tangible way that you can get more involved in, in, in community and serving and being part of this church is, uh, is January 28th at Connect. You can register for that online. So theme two, the church is God's plan A. 
The church is God's plan A for the world. Therefore, we as a church must be devoted to making disciples. So if God's plan A is through the church for to go into the world, the gospel must go into the world. How does that happen? It goes and happens through relationships, through making disciples. So Jesus, when he's with his disciples at the end, he says, hey, um, he, just wait around. And then uh, when I come back, my second uh, return, that's when everything's going to be happening. Just, just kind of wait till you die. Then you'll join me again. Like he doesn't say that, right? He says, I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit Go and make disciples. Be my witnesses. We actually have work to do. Now, there's something, um, there's something I've been thinking a lot about recently. And this is, um, I, I think this is just true. Maybe it's just true in, in America. Maybe it's true in, in Christianity around the world. I don't know. But there's something to like where we just want to get people saved. Like, and so it's just like, hey, just say this prayer and then wait to heaven. You know, it's like, that's kind of like what we tell people. But the more I'm diving into it, the more that I'm starting to see there's so much that we actually get to participate in, in the renewing of all things, of what Jesus is doing. We actually have a mission, God's mission that we're part of, that we're called into. We have, to, we have this responsibility to go and make disciples, starting with where we are and being about that around the world. Like that's, that's the mission that God gives us. And there's, there's part of it where I want to dive into it more. So this is just personal uh, things that I'm trying to dive into as, as, as I'm thinking about this. But at the end of Acts, it says that, that Paul is sitting in this house and he's teaching people about Jesus, all who came, teaching people about Jesus and preaching the kingdom of God. And there's this element where I had to pause and I said, you know, I don't think people at our church would accuse me of preaching the kingdom of God. Like, I don't really talk about it. And I think it's because I don't fully understand, like, what God is calling me into is actually a kingdom work where Jesus is the king and redefines our lives. So what does that look like as a people? So that's just things that I'm diving into and kind of, kind of looking at. But this is where I think that Jesus very clearly calls his church to be witnesses, and how do they expand? How do they multiply? Because every passage that we're looking at, the church is growing and it's multiplying. Well, how is that happening? They're clearly articulating the gospel and they're discipling people. So virtually in every chapter, we see that happen. That's what the church is designed to do. Now, you'll remember when we started um, the, the book of Acts, we had this, this big A. And on your program, there, there was a card that we handed out. And we said, hey, who are, the, who are the five names, three to five names of people you know who don't know Christ? And just write those down. And begin praying for them. And as we're entering into these 40 days of prayer and fasting, just begin praying for them. Because we believe that the, the gospel message is primarily going to happen through relationship and spreading in that way. And so as you wrote down those names, we started to, to, to pray for them and started to think like, how do I actually live into this? Just this week, I was, I was having uh, lunch with a friend and he was, and he was sharing, you know, uh, someone he's been praying for for a long time, a sibling. And as he's, as he's been sharing life with this person, he started sharing his faith and the, and the good news of the gospel. And just a couple weeks ago, his brother came to faith. Now, let me, let me just tell you, that is an incredible work of God. He uses people who have a message of transformation and they have people who need that and they share that. And that's how the gospel begins to spread. And we see that happening. Now, let me point out this. Um, I'm going to use this little illustration of how the gospel spreads and like how that movement starts to happen. 
isn't just by, um, well, let me just give you this illustration. I'm going to give you guys a survey. You guys ready to take a little quiz? Okay, it's, it's, it's really, not, it's, it's hard. You're, you're, you're going to fail, just so you know. Okay, so here's, here's the three questions. I want you to, I, you can pick one or, or all three, but I want you to see if you could just, in your mind, uh, answer, answer these. Okay, so name the, the last five people to win the MVP of the Super Bowl. I'll give you one, Tom Brady. Pretty good odds that you're going to get that. Okay, so um, name of the top five people of Time's Most Influential list this year. Uh, name five presidents from 1900 to 1975. Now, the older ones in this crowd have a little edge on us on that one. But like, can you, can you, can you do that? Let me, just, uh, let me just ask this question. Okay, so as you kind of look through these lists, this little survey, how many of you are confident if I pulled you up here, you can nail all three of those questions? Anyone? Good. First service either. Yeah, you guys, yeah, you guys, you guys aren't less intelligent than first service. You're just, you're just honest, right? So uh, two or three. Like, could you do two or three? One of the three? Yeah, there we go. The president one, right? Is that right? Okay, that's the easy one. Okay, so like, now take that list. Now go, now, now let's use the second list. I think you guys will all pass the second, the second quiz. Let's go to the second quiz. Here's this, the different, name five people who have made a difference in your life. Name five people who have helped you in your relationship with Christ. Name five people who came alongside you in a difficult time. See, what's the difference between list one and list two? List one is, is honestly, isn't it so interesting? It's the thing that we almost care most about in our present world. Like, hey, what's this celebrity doing? Who's this? You know, like that kind of thing. We want to stay... But like in five years, you forget about those names. Like you can't even trace it back. Even the biggest sports fans in the room, like can't trace all these things back, right? Like we forget. But the second list, why does the second list, why can we answer it so quickly? Because it's personal. So what do we see happening of how the gospel message spreads? The church in Acts is built up of the same thing the church presently is built up of. Ordinary people just being intentional with what the message they have to share. Ordinary people caring for one another. Ordinary people coming alongside one another. Ordinary people helping each other in their relationship with God. God uses ordinary people to do extraordinary things. And that is how the gospel goes forth. Like you can do this. Like you are part of the church. The church is God's plan A. And you can learn how to make disciples. You can help people uh, come to know Jesus, trust Jesus, and help them follow Jesus in every area of life. You can help people come to know Jesus, trust Jesus, and, and follow Jesus in every area of life because you are called to do that. And then you're just bringing them along of what that looks like. So at our resource center, we have this book called Disciple Maker Handbook, which just kind of just goes through, how do you make disciples? What are the core elements um, to doing that? In, in November, we took, we're so committed to, to learning, how do we do this better at fellowship? Like, how do we make disciples better? What's the disciple-making process? We took over 120 to this conference that was local, and we, we just want to pour into leaders and pour into you guys and equip you to do the work of what Acts was doing, to carry this message of the good news of Jesus to where you live, work, and play, and help others come to know Jesus, trust Jesus, and follow Jesus in every area of their life. How do you do that? We want to equip you in that. But the, the thing that we're seeing so clearly 
is that this is in the book of Acts. So we want to develop a clear discipleship path, helping you take your next step in a clear leadership path. And one thing that, um, that we're doing in this process of, of vision shaping is not just to say, hey, let's just, uh, part of our, our mission of our church is to be, go make disciples. We want to be so specific and clear that it's clear to you what you're giving your lives to and how to do it. That's the work that we're going to be doing in this, these winter months. And as we go into the spring, we're going to be un- un- unveiling kind of this specific and clear vision of here is what this means in our context and in our church using the leaders and the giftings and the resources that God has given us. Here's where we think God is clearly calling us, specifically calling us. And how can we be a part of that? You know, in the hallway... Um, I, I, in the bathrooms, there's these three uh, round signs. Have you guys seen them or you just walk by them and, and just ignore them? There's like art decor, right? There's these three round signs and those signs have, have three things on them that are essential to disciple making. God's word, God's people, God's spirit. I'm thinking about adding a fourth. And here's, and here's, as I'm reading the book of Acts, it's so clear that, that God's word is, is so clear in, in making disciples, that God's spirit is so, is so clear in making disciples, that God's people are part of that process. But I'm thinking about adding God's mission because God has called each one of us to something that's bigger than ourselves. He's called us to the mission, the missio Dei, the, the mission of God, that we have uh, this responsibility of, of taking forth the gospel to the nations. And so as the, as the message goes clearer in Acts, we'll see in these next chapters that as the gospel moves out, the gospel is for all people. The gospel is for the nations. And we're going we're gonna to be seeing that and his life will redefine ours. Okay, here's the third theme. The church is designed to be dependent on the Holy Spirit. The church is designed to be dependent on this Holy Spirit. Therefore, we as a church must be devoted to prayer. The Holy Spirit is what transformed this these Jesus followers, these disciples who were this ragtag group of, of fishermen and, and tax collectors and, and all sorts of different fields, it, it transformed them being, being that to being a confident people that boldly proclaim the gospel message. You see them in the beginning, the beginning of Acts being unclear kind of of Jesus. And then once the Holy Spirit comes, they become bold. They become clear. They start to wrestle through these questions of how is the church um, going to be established. They start doing that together. And so without the Spirit of God, the Christian life is not just hard, it's impossible. So as a church, to be about the mission of God, to be about the things that God has for us. We cannot live into what God has for us if we are focused on how we're going to do it in our own strength. We can't be the church that God is going to call us into in these next, this next season. And you can't live out what God calls you to do without the spirit of God. It's actually impossible. So we see in the beginning of Acts that this, this power of the Spirit goes off and the word is where we get our word dynamite. There's this, there's this thing that starts to form and emboldens and empowers the church. And so when we talk about prayer, the thing that we resist in prayer is that prayer is, is actually acknowledging that we have weakness, that we don't have it all 
together, that we don't have the answers, that we are in need. And so from a, a world perspective, it'd be actually opposite. To be a prayerful people would actually be to be dependent, to be admitting that you have need, to be showing that you are weak without someone else. But from a biblical perspective, a needy posture we see is incredibly strong. Those who seek God will find him. Those who humble themselves, God opposes the proud but comes near to the humble. Those from a biblical perspective are the strongest because they're seeing a work of God do what only he can do. Rather than just what we can try to do and strive in our own strength and our own self-sufficiency, we see a work of God do what only he can do. And so we, as a people of prayer, we want to be devoted to prayer as, as, as a church. See this three times in the, in the first six chapters that they devote themselves to prayer. In, in Acts one fourteen, in Acts 2.42, in Acts 6.4, they devoted themselves to prayer. So we, we've, we've kind of brought that to our center of our church. How do, how do we begin living into that as a, as a church? So we, we did the 40 days of prayer and fasting. You remember we, every day we sent a text of here's what we want you to be praying through. Here's how we want you to be praying. And at the end of that, uh, we, we had an all-night kind of a prayer vigil that we just kind of walked through as a church. Now here's what we want you to do. Here's how you can even start right now joining in the shaping of what God is doing in our midst. As we sent out a survey, you should have gotten a survey uh, on that same text link with three questions to respond to of how did God lead you in those 40 days of prayer? How do you sense that God is is speaking to you about where the church is going to be shaped and the things that we should care about? If you didn't get that in your text, you can pull out your program, actually, and there's the link right there. In the next week, I just encourage you to fill out those three questions that you are part of where we're going. That we want you to know that your voice is invested in that. And so as we start to, to walk through this visioning process, that we're going to be uh, devoted to being a, a posture of prayer as a church. So let me just, let me just say very clearly if you want to know where we're going as Fellowship Bible Church, now it's going to get more specific in the spring. We're going to bring more specificity and, and clarity to where we're going. But if you want to know where we're going, we are going to be a community of faith that is devoted to prayer, that is devoted to one another, and is devoted to making disciples carrying the clear message of Jesus. We see this in the book of Acts. We see that this is the core DNA of what a church is to be about. Now, there's one last thing that I want to do, and I want to make it very practical for us as kind of we close, kind of come to a close in our service, is this. As you listen to the narrative of the, of the movement of, of the church in Acts and what was happening, there was a thread that happened in every single passage that we taught on in this fall. Every single passage had this one thread in the book of Acts, and it's this, the Holy Spirit is moving and active in every single one of those passages. So let me, let me, just, let me just go over them. Acts 1-2, after he, Jesus, had by the Holy Spirit given orders to the apostles he had chosen. Acts 1-5, John the baptized with water, but you will baptize with the Holy Spirit. Acts 1-8, you will re receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses. Acts 1-16, the scriptures had to be fulfilled, which the Holy Spirit foretold. 
Acts 2.4, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Acts 2.33, receive from the Father the promised Holy Spirit. Acts 2.38, repent each one of you and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the Holy Spirit. Acts 4.8, Peter then, filled with the Holy Spirit. Acts 4.31, they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak the word of God with great boldness. Acts 5.32, and we are witnesses to these things and so is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey him. Acts 6.3, select from among you seven men full of the Spirit, then Stephen, a man full of the faith and full of the Holy Spirit. Now in the beginning of Acts, if you, if you turn in your Bibles, if you have like a, a hard copy, what does it say? Is it says the title, the Acts of the Apostles, right? I scratch this out. I don't know if you're, if you're allowed to do this. I think you are. I scratch this out. Your pastor gives you permission. You're absolved, all that kind of stuff, right? I scratched it out and I said, it's the Acts of the Holy Spirit. Because the thread is so clear. There's a supernatural work of the Spirit happening in every passage. We see the Spirit of God changing, moving, convicting, teaching, comforting, emboldening, empowering, bringing unity together of people, helping them uh, make hard decisions of how are we going to organize and who's the gospel for and all these type of things. The Spirit is the one who is in the midst of them all. So I said earlier, it's, it's the Spirit. It's the Spirit that changes the desires and the affections and emboldens. It's the Spirit that brings God's presence. And so this morning, as, as we're gathered together as a church, how can we ask the Spirit to do a work in our midst, in our hearts, in, in us, as we're devoting ourselves to these things, for the Spirit to take what we know and to apply it to our lives? For the Spirit to actually do a work that's beyond our self-sufficiency. So the life God is calling you to, the life God is calling us as a church, is impossible without the Spirit. So in what ways do we as a people need to begin asking for the Spirit of God to move in our midst, individually and corporately? I'm going to ask the band to come up, and we're going to just have some space in the back end of our service. And I, I want to guide us in this uh, this way of how we can pray individually and also corporately for the Spirit of God to move. So if you want to close your Bibles, we're just going to have a time of, of prayer together as, as, a, as a people of God gathered together as we, as we start to ask the Spirit to do a work in us. So let's pray. As we pray, I'm going to guide us through three main kind of categories of the Spirit's work that the Spirit does. And we're just going to pray together around these. Holy Spirit, we ask for you to bring about conviction. To show us where we are looking for life apart from you. For looking for life apart from the way you have designed us to live. Father, we pray that your spirit in us would bring to our attention things that we have in our lives of broken relationships that need to be restored. Would you search us in the, of the sin that we need to confess 
Father, even right now, we confess our self-sufficiency. If it is pride that we have, God, we ask for humility. If it is greed, we ask for contentment. If it is lust, we ask for integrity. Holy Spirit, would you help us shift our trust from where we look for life apart from you to the way that, God, you have designed us to live. Would you do a work that only you can do in changing our hearts? Where we have hard hearts, would you soften us? Where we have self-righteousness, would you humble us? Would you show us your great compassion of how you have loved us, if you have guided us, would we have that same compassion for those around us? Holy Spirit, we see that you empowering the believers early in Acts, and we ask for your empowerment this morning. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would fill us that we'd be filled with the Spirit, that we'd seek your power for where we do not have strength. Father, for those who are facing hardships, for those who are weak and saddened and burdened, Holy Spirit, we ask for your empowerment this morning. Would you empower us to do something that is not natural for us to do, It's not natural for us to love our neighbor as ourselves. It's not natural for us to forgive where we have been wrong. So we ask the Spirit to empower us for godly living, to walk in obedience in the newness of life that you are calling us to. We ask for intercession. We ask for the Spirit to intercede on behalf of us where we We don't even know what your will is, Father, in some areas. We don't know how to pray. Spirit, we ask that you would intercede on our behalf. Where we have loss, where we are in need, we ask for a comforter. We ask for you to be our counselor. We ask for you to be our teacher. We ask for you to bring peace. God, on behalf of others who do not know you, we want to pray specifically by name for those who do not know you. We want to pray for their situation, for their circumstances, Father. Jesus, we thank you that you gave us the gift of the Holy Spirit that not only walks with us, not only teaches us, not only comforts us, but lives and dwells in us, would we be mindful and aware of the Spirit's work as we're being transformed into your image? And this morning, for those of you who 
want to see God and, and, and you're not in relationship with him, would you trust that Jesus lived a life that you couldn't live? That he paid for your debt, for your sins, and by his resurrection, you can walk in newness of life and in relationship with God? Would you seek the Spirit? And so as we pray as a church, as we continue, as we sing together, God, I pray that there just be the spirit of freedom for people to kneel, to come up front, to pray with others up front. That there would be the spirit of us being a dependent people, asking you to do what only you can do in changing our hearts and changing our church. And God, we want to be a church where you are clearly leading us, where we are walking into something that we could not do on our own, but we are submitting to your work that only you can do. And so as we sing, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. You're welcome in our lives and you're welcome in our church. So let's take this time to continue to pray and seek God through prayer and be dependent on him in our faith. Uh, I was, I was going to read a passage uh, to close us, but there's something that I was just thinking about. There are people in our city who have yet to believe, but will come to believe because of the people in this room. And I was just thinking about how powerful that's going to be as we become this church that's devoted to one another, making discipleship even more of a central focus and dependent on the Spirit. We're going to see the work of the Spirit do what only He can do in changing hearts and drawing people to Himself. And so we're going to be baptizing people who you've shared the gospel, the clear message of Jesus too. And we're going to be able to participate in the work of God together as we begin to see that happen. And I'm excited for the future of what God is going to do and how he's going to lead this church. And so may we, as the people of God, trust the spirit of God and the word of God be central to our life because he's given us his mission to be a part of. So go and be part of the unfolding of what's happening. Amen.